Covering the crew all season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue, here is your host, Dominic Catronio. Okay, it's another series loss to the best team in baseball. As frustrating as this may be in the moment, this was in the models. This is a really darn good team on the other side. The goal was not to get swept, and the Brewers competed with this team last weekend, and they have looked like a completely different team this weekend so far. 11-5, to the final tonight. I'm Dominic Catronio. Craig Kishan is going to join us in just a little bit. This one, there's a lot to, to unpack from this when it comes to Julio Tehran's future. Is this team the same team we saw in it in just about every pitch last weekend? Uh, what's going on with Willie? What's going on with the offense? Yeah, Santana didn't have the, the best debut, but it's just one game. The way I look at today's game, it, it, it starts and ends with Julio Tehran today. And word from the clubhouse coming from the beat writers, Adam McAlvey and Kurt Hoger on the scene, that Julio Tehran has a hunch he's tipping his pitches right now which you look at his start to his Brewers career to the end of his Brewers career, perhaps, it has not been pretty. His first six games started, this is from Adam McAlvey, Brewers, MLB.com beat writer, 1.53 ERA, an 088 whip, a 192 opponent average in his first 35 and a third innings. In his 27 and a third innings since, it's seven runs higher on the ERA at 889. Doubled, nearly doubled his whip at 148, a 319 opponent batting average in just 27 innings. And I, I, I want to say, you know, folks were asking, why is he still out there in the fifth inning? They're getting blown out. That, that's why he was still out there. It was over. <laughs> the game was was over. I mean, they were they were down eight to one through four. Then they made it nine to one through five. He needed to eat some innings because. You know, thank goodness for Trevor McGill there at the end and uh, getting two innings. And then, quite frankly, I'm happy William Contreras hit that home run. And the Brewers are never going to say it publicly. But I think deep down they would have liked to have saved a day of Abner Uribe. They would have probably thrown a position player in there in the bottom of the eighth inning instead of Abner Uribe, given that they were down by eight runs. And then uh, the home run by Contreras made it a six-run game. So they had to use a regular pitcher under the new rules. Each day leads to the next, right? And the Brewers had to use two more arms. They haven't used Piomps, Piguero, uh, or Williams in this series. Hope to see them in a winning situation tomorrow. But the reason they use Tehran is for the length. And to have him eat it and to understand that need to make sure that none of the leverage arms don't burn any guys too much. And his pitch count was so low. It happened so fast. A six-run bottom of the first inning. Nine batters came to the plates. Six hits, a sack fly on an epic catch by Sal Freelich, but uh, a lot of loud contact, and, I, and it was just not fooled at all. The The in-zone whiff rate is, is what really alarms me. Not that Julio Tehran has ever really been a whiff kind of guy. He got eight whiffs tonight, which doesn't really tell you the whole story. But I think two numbers jump out to me, and uh, forgive me if I'm losing you in the minutiae here, but... 
whenever you look at some of the numbers and you look at some of the advanced stuff, fan gra- I read fan graphs every day. I recommend you do so as well to start learning this stuff that teams care about. Whenever you see a Z, just translate that to zone, you know, like the strike zone, okay? So one of the things that we can keep track of with the TrackMan zone, with the StatCast zone, is are they swinging at pitches out of the zone? Are they swinging at pitches in the zone? And the zone contact rate tonight, meaning of all the pitches that were in the zone and that the Braves swung at, okay, so only that sample, in the zone swings, they made contact with 80% of those in-zone swings tonight. So virtually no swing and miss. That's not a very good number. Furthermore, the out-of-zone swing, the O swing percentage, out-of-zone swing percentage, that that's regardless of a whiff, okay? That's just swinging at pitches outside of the zone, period, whether or not they make contact. That was just a 19% rate. Zero chases on the cutter, zero chases on the changeup. Too many strikes. Just too many strikes. Every four-seam fastball that was in the zone was swung at. An 83% swing rate, zone swing rate on the changeup. 80% swing rate in the zone on the cutter. That's just a team that had a game plan and said, we're going to attack the fastball and going to make it hurt. And the Braves did that. I tip my cap to them for coming in with such a locked-in game plan. If you want to participate in the program tonight, 855-616-1620. Once again, 855-616-1620. Uh, get to a few texts here as well. Disaster watching the Braves uh, taking watching Batman instead. Shut it off after 6 to nothing. Appreciate the honesty there, Jerry and Bayview. Uh, but I, I want to give a quick picture of the starting rotation. And I tweeted this a moment ago. The Brewers may not need another start from Julio Tehran. We may have seen the end of it tonight. Now, this all hinges, before I get any further, this all hinges on Wade Miley's health. And Wade Miley threw a bullpen session yesterday before the game in Atlanta, a simulated game, three innings, nearly 40 pitches in that one. He will likely have maybe one more He is eligible to come off the IL during this road trip. He could start on Wednesday in the finale against the Nats. Or if he's ready to go, and this is the question, this is where it all hinges on the health. If he's ready to go on the second, why not have him start on the third in the first game of the homestand against the Pittsburgh Pirates? Because that is currently Julio Tehran's next spot in the rotation. And furthermore, what about Brandon Woodruff? Brandon Woodruff is due to make his what's scheduled to be his final rehab outing. The Brewers have not committed to whether or not this would be his final one. This is the last one that is scheduled. They will decide if he wants one more or if the Brewers want him to have one more he got up to over 50 pitches his last outing. I imagine this will be somewhere in the 70-pitch range in AAA Nashville. That is penciled for Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. But let's say it's Tuesday in this scenario. If Woodruff throws a rehab outing on Tuesday, and the Brewers deem he's good to go, and the Brewers also decide that Wade Miley is good to go on Thursday against the Pirates, that means Woodruff could return to the rotation on Monday against... The Rockies on the 7th, 
which would mean Colin Ray would start on the ninth to end that series heading into the off day, and then you can rearrange your rotation from there with Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, and then probably Adrian Hauser, and then Wade Miley, just to give him an extra day. The Brewers are in good shape right now. I, I, I think if it's all healthy and everything's all systems go, I could see a scenario the Brewers haven't mapped out, I'm sure, that they won't need another start from Julio Tehran. Then the question becomes, do you roll with a six-man rotation for a little bit while Miley and Woodruff get reacclimated and take that arm out of the bullpen for the time being? That's something certainly to be figured out. 855-616-1620. Once again, 855-616-1620. We're with you until 1030 tonight. Craig Kishan is going to join us here in just a little bit. There were some positives in this one, especially defensively. Not so much on the offensive side of the ball here today, but William Contreras, a three-run homer, another multi-hit game for him. He has had a month of July to remember, going two for four, both hits for extra bases. We'll talk more about him, talk a little bit more about the bullpen and uh, what the future could hold for Julio Tehran and the rest of the starting rotation. So going to take our first break, but before we do that, I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings all season long is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank. National Association, member FDIC. Craig's going to join us shortly. Take our first break of the night. Stay with us. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Craig Kishan is with us now. I'm Dominic Catronio. Brewers fall 11-5. They have dropped the series. Look to salvage the finale tomorrow against the Braves. Craig is... Before we get into the Tehran stuff and kind of reacting and trying to plan out this rotation... I got a great tweet here from uh, somebody from earlier tonight. You know, what happened to this team that was in it last weekend? They were going punch for punch, blow for blow with the Braves despite losing that series at home. Whereas here at Truist Park, it's been over very, very quickly in the blink of an eye in the first two nights. I'm not panicking on this. I'm not overreacting on this. I would like to have seen the Braves see Corbin Burns or Freddie Peralta or a healthy Woodruff or Miley, uh, but nonetheless, the Braves are doing what they're supposed to do against the Brewers, and I- I'm not overly concerned, but there's a-, a flag popping up in the distance, in my opinion, that the Brewers are laying this much of an egg against the Braves this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a little bit disturbing. Um, and, and I don't know if part of this you, you chalk it up to the Braves are so good at home as well. And if you're not bringing your best pitching into that ballpark against the best offense in the league, uh, it's going to be pretty tough. I mean, we've seen that already. I think that's, that's a great point that you bring up that, you know, the uh, Corbin Burns and whatnot aren't are pitching in this series. I think, too, Dom, the way the the Brewers dominated Cincinnati this season again, it makes you look really good when you continue to, you know, beat that dead horse down and get victories out of it. And then you go from there directly to to playing these guys here. So, 
but that's baseball, you know, that that's baseball. They've got a lot of ga- games in a short amount of time against, you know, a really, really, really potent offense. And, and, you know, right now the Brewers pitching is, um, is not what it's probably going to be before the season is up. And, and I mean that in a, in a good way, I think, from this point forward, as we move into next week, I think the pitching is uh, going to slowly improve. Okay, we're so Craig. I got to apologize, Will Craig. We're going to take a quick breather here. We got a little technical difficulties back at the station and in my ears right now because I want to make sure I hear what you're saying because I can't hear you. So, uh, going to take a quick breather. Make sure we get this right and. Uh, Appreciate the patience for everybody listening along here. Uh, but we'll be right back with more. Craig, try to get this all sorted out real back. Uh, stay with us after this. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Okay. Resolved. We're good. Craig Sean's with us right now on WTMJ. Uh, I, I guess give me the cliff notes of what you just said because this is kind of dramatic irony in that everybody listening heard what you said, but I didn't hear what you said. I wanted to hear what you said. Dude, I don't want to bore anybody else again, I'll tell you that. But, uh, no, I'm, I mean, I think the bottom line is is they played the Cincinnati Reds again and again and again during the month of July. And, and when you're, you know, beating that dead horse and getting your victories, which is great if that's what they're supposed to do, you go from that directly to – playing the Braves, um, especially on the road, I, without your best pitching. I think that's a great point that you brought up. You're not throwing your best pitchers in this series against the Braves, and that's just how it worked out on the schedule or whatnot. But um, I, I think, though, moving into next week from this point forward, this this pitching staff is only going to get better. So they have plenty of time to recover from this. But I, I agree with you, Dom. You, you look at these games and you're going – Come on! I mean, the Braves have taken four or five, and their their offense is just ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know why they're um, suffering any losses at this point. <laughs> Sometimes, when you look at how how well they're performing, they're, they've been an incredible team to say the least. And not to be the bearer of bad news, but the Brewers kind of got to figure it out asap because this final two month sprint. And, and the deadline is going to be fascinating here for these next two and a half days or so. And so who's going to add what? But the Cubs are en route to their eighth consecutive win. They're up 5-1 to one right now, heading into the bottom of the seventh in St. Louis. The Reds have just tied it up, and they're still threatening against the Dodgers. It's 2-2 two to two right now in the top of the sixth inning. Maybe listeners on the podcast will already know the result by the time this show ends. Uh, every game really does matter, and... You can say, oh, the Braves are so good, but you got to find a way to salvage a game tomorrow. And I don't care who does it. If Pioms comes in the fifth inning or if whatever you need, to, you need to win tomorrow. And tomorrow's going to feel like a game that you can't get away, get away from you early. And Colin Ray's going to have his hands full against this Braves lineup. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You're, you're falling behind early tomorrow like you did the last two days. And, and really, I know it's not over, but it's over. And when you get outscored, well, the Braves, anyway, are outscoring their opponents 81-14 in the first inning. I mean, how many of those games have they won during that stretch where they've scored first? I'm guessing they probably won 90% of those games. Um, not sure, but I mean, the way that they established their road to victory is is pretty dominant here right now. But um, yeah, the Brewers got to figure out something tomorrow. Uh, 
you, you just have to wonder, yes, it is one game, but do they go into that mm-hmm. almost with all hands on deck uh, and, and try to get a win that way? I, I'm not 100% sure if they do that at this point, but um, I would like to see them have a game where they've succeeded against a really good team. So they they know what their worth is going into the final 55 games of the season. And, and to clarify on that, the Reds are a very good team. But sometimes it becomes a case of you've got their number and they're a young team and they're things like that. The Brewers, after tomorrow, they won't face a team that's truly in contention for a couple of weeks, not until they go play the Dodgers in mid-August. So they get the Nationals coming up, who've been playing better baseball, but they're not ready to compete. And they're going to be making trades here coming up the next two days. Then you get the Pirates, and we already seen them. They're shopping Mitch Keller, apparently. And they're shopping their closer, David Bednar. And they're going to look very different. They've already given Santana here to the Brewers. Uh, and then you get the Rockies, and shoot, the Brewers already got swept by those guys. And they already got swept by the A's. If the Brewers miss the playoffs by a game or two, I'm going to look straight to those series against the Rockies and the A's. Of You, you couldn't get one out of those six games. You went 0-6 against the Rockies and A's. It, it's not so much about, even if they do get swept tomorrow by the Braves, every game truly does matter, even though we say it doesn't in May. But as we sit here, I just want to see a W, man. I just want to see a win column against, a, like you said, a quality team. This is, I think, kind of a mental battle tomorrow of like, oh my goodness. Colin Ray is watching this lineup from the dugout. Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I got to I gotta see these guys Sunday. And he saw what happened to Julio Tehran being in the zone and got damage all over him. He saw Adrian Hauser nibbling around the corners yesterday and they were laying off those pitches. If you're Colin Ray... How the heck do you attack the Atlanta Braves? Well, I'll tell you right now, uh, this may sound a little bizarre to you, but the way Colin Ray has been going this season, I like his disposition and his execution better than the other two pitchers that you that you mentioned in Tehran and Adrian Hauser. I thought Tehran was visibly frustrated in that first inning. And I, and I know things can pour get poured on quickly, but he's been around a long time. That one surprised me a little bit. That's just my interpretation. I, I don't know if that was really the case, if that's what he discussed after the game. But um, And in Hauser, I, I just think his lack of success at the big league level in his young career so far, I, I'm not sure sometimes from start to start where he is. But um, I, I just have a feeling Colin Ray is going to show up tomorrow. He's seen what's happened the first two games of the series. He he saw what happened last weekend as well, and I, I'm just hoping his demeanor, um, his disposition will all lead to good execution for him. Right now, i got to get to a player of the game. Since we're all out of order right now, we're going to keep Craig for one more segment. Player of the game is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need, and your donations make a difference. Visit SA Milwaukee. Dot org to help today. It's pretty easy to pick one of the Braves tonight. I mean, Ozuna with two homers, Acuna getting his 50, 50th stolen base. I'm going to go with Acuna because he's got a chance to have a 70 stolen base, 40 homer season out of the leadoff spot. I know. It, it's, just, it's just crazy to see. And I've been around the game of baseball for a long, long time. This guy is special. He is fun to watch. Uh, whether he's 
you know, got the glove or especially with the bat in his feet. Uh, it doesn't get any more complete than, than how he's uh, turned out so far in his career, and he's got so much left. Um, I, I'm going with him. I, I just think he's such a catalyst uh, for this offense, so it's hard not to pick him. I don't want to pick Ozuna ever, <laughs> so he's not on my board. Me neither. I, I agree. I'm glad, we, I'm glad we both are in agreement on that one. So uh, Ozuna from the Braves is not going to get that one. So uh, we're going to get to our difference-making moment, which there isn't really a moment. We can talk about some highlights from this game and some of the Bright moments from the Brewers coming up in the next segment. Brewers fall by a final of 11-5 to tonight. They've lost the series. We'll try to salvage it tomorrow. 17 hits for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, take a quick breather. Come back with more Craig Kishon after this on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings. No traditional difference-making moment tonight. I mean, the difference-making moment really is being up 6 nothing after an inning of play. I'm Dominic Catronio with Greg Kishan. Thanks for joining us. But nonetheless, it's brought to you by NX Wealth Management. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches or financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. NX provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to NXWealth.com. Calm. I mean, I, it's pretty simple. Six nothing is the difference of this game. But I mean, if you kind of take out, I mean, you, you can't. But if you take out that sixth inning, it's a five-five game. The defense played great, and obviously the air was sucked out of the stadium, so it wasn't a traditional eight inning game. But the Brewers, a four-run eighth against the C bullpen of the Braves, is nice. They did what they're supposed to do against them. But the defense, in my opinion, uh. Freelix catch, Weimer's catch, Monasterio, nice play by Tehran on the bunt. I mean, there, there's enough to be like, okay, yep, that that's the Brewers. I know they've got it in them. And, you know, um, up until probably this year, you look at the defense by Milwaukee, which has steadily improved. It wasn't very good for a long time. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't. It didn't match how good the, the pitching was. It didn't uh, uh, compensate for – one way or the other for good hitting or lack of hitting. But this year, when you hear Craig Council or Matt Arnold talk about uh, why they're still in this, why the pitching is still as good as it is, even though it's endured more injuries than it probably ever has, uh, how they're going to go about acquiring extra players before the trade deadline, bringing up guys from the minor leagues, it to me, it really does – start with the defense that these guys are capable of playing you're right you you wipe out that six run first or even half of that look what look how many runs the defense saved here tonight um so i don't know i i I just it's fun to watch to top it off these guys are fun to watch it's another element that you're you know you're going to see throughout the game if nothing else, simply by the speed of that outfield. Yeah, it's going to be a defense-heavy highlight segment coming up here in just a little bit on the program. But let's shift gears here a little bit. We saw the debut of Carlos Santana tonight. Over three with a walk. Hey, don't don't panic yet, Brewers fans. It's just one game. Uh, Rowdy Celez is still going to be a big part of this team when he comes back in mid-August. But you, you look at this lineup. Willie's in a slump of all slumps right now. Yelich got off the slide, and Williams had the heck of a July that anyone could dream of. I just have the feeling that the Brewers aren't done yet offensively. And I know there have been a lot of rumors tied. MLB Trade Rumors has linked the Brewers to Eloy Jimenez with the Chicago White Sox. 
Maybe there's some other hitters like Jamer Candelario out there with the Nationals. Have him switch clubhouses coming up this week on Monday or Tuesday. But it's there's just something to figure out with how much do you want to give up? What are you willing to spend? Candelario's a rental. Aloy's got an extension already. What, what do you figure out? What do you do when you try to acquire a hitter? And do you see the Brewers adding somebody else on the offensive side of the ball? Well, you know, it sure seems to be the case that they will add somebody else. Uh, just the way they're tied to certain players here right now. And I'm not sure that at all this is going to be uh, any type of a blockbuster trade or a blockbuster acquisition that they may bring in some guy that, you know, uh, is hitting 280 that has 30 home runs and and will be a part of the franchise because he's under contract with somebody for the next two or three years. I don't know if it's going to be that, um, but I to say that they're kicking the tires on a few guys is is you know they're they're definitely doing that, and I just think that they're they're more than likely to bring somebody else in. I I just think there are there are certain guys that they have given. Uh, enough of a leash to whether you know Jesse Winker comes back and actually plays or not even Rowdy Telez I'm really not sure what kind of a leash you give him once he comes back if he doesn't hit in the first week of action is if he's the first baseman in the DH do you keep putting him in that lineup you know um, I'm not sure but I think they do need to add somebody else because they're they're pretty doggone close to you know doing something special and I, I really think they have to win the division too don't you i agree but there is an opportunity now with the the national league getting chaotic in that when play started today you know the the brewers leading the central as currently the third seeded division winner them at 47 and 48 now you look at the rest of the standings. Philly lost tonight. They're 56 and 48. So they're still a half game back of the Brewers. They're not going to win their division. So the top wild card spot is currently occupied between the the Braves, or excuse me, the, the, the Brewers, the Phillies, and the Reds. The Giants won tonight. So now they're in that conversation. Miami lost tonight. So they fall a game back. Arizona just won. So now they're in the conversation. This is literally going to change. Every single day, there is an opportunity for the Brewers or for the central runner-up, whether it's the Brewers or the Reds, to be a wild-card team because everything else has been so chaotic. You just got to hope that you add something at the trade deadline and those teams don't add too much that they're going to be the teams that leapfrog you. I don't see the Brewers being able to catch the Dodgers for that two-seed for that bye, but there are seven teams essentially competing for four spots in the playoffs in the National League. And don't forget about those Cubs, and the Brewers have, have still have six games remaining head-to-head with Chicago. So the Cubs are on the verge of winning eight yes. right now. Now, here's, here's a question I'll ask you. Are the Brewers capable of going and realistically going on a winning streak like that? And, and how much maybe do they need that to gain separation rather than plugging along winning series, which I love. I'm a big believer in winning series. But if you put together some type of a six, seven, eight game winning streak, maybe maybe drop back down to earth for a minute and then go back on another five, six game winning streak, you'd almost think that you can wrap things up and win your division that way. Well, maybe it's not a streak, but a, a stretch of 13 games where you're, you know, 10 and three, 11 and two, 
It doesn't necessarily have to be a streak, but you look at that, and that's what the Brewers have in front of them. And I talk about this on the show on Thursday. Before they face another team above 500, which would be the L.A. Dodgers, on Tuesday, August 15th, these next four series, the Nats, three games against them, four games against the Pirates, three games against the Rockies, three games against the White Sox. 13 games after tomorrow. You can find a way to be 10 and 3, 11 and 2 in that stretch. That includes at least one sweep in there. That could be your opportunity to create some space. Yeah, no, I agree. And it, it's like it's like taking advantage of you got the Reds number. All right. Well, they were all bunched up for the most part in the month of July, and you took advantage, and you were able to you were able to stay on top of the division for the most part. Do the same thing now over the next stretch here. Don't give things away. Make sure you support your your better starting pitchers and get to the point where you're using your bullpen to your strength as well to finish off these games. This is going to be a fun finish and uh, it's good to hear you. Good to hear your voice and actually be able to hear your it makes awesome a takes. difference. I heard in this <laughs> medium <laughs> much appreciated to Craig Sean joining us here on WTMJ. Uh, you can catch him on Valley sports, Wisconsin, of course, and right here after some of our post game shows drive safe, a lot easier drive tonight as opposed to yesterday. Oh, man. So uh, there's down tree right outside the studio right here, too. So Craig Sean joining us on the show. Thanks, as always, my friend. All right, pal. All right. We got more to come here. We're going to hear from Craig Council in just a little bit. But up next, we'll talk who's hot right here on WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. We're on the show here. We're with you for another 25 minutes tonight. This is the segment where we talk about who's hot, and it's brought to you. By Cider Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Trusting your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider. And they've got a sale that's extended the final days of it. Get up to $1,000 off of a Daikin furnace or an AC unit through the end of this month. Financing is available. Schedule your appointment today at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R, dot com. Cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical. Families helping families since 1912. I'm going to go down to the farm for this one. In case you missed it earlier, what a day for Jackson Churio. Churio, two for five, a triple, two runs scored, including a run on an infield fly. Yep, you heard that right. Bases were loaded, and a little bloop into shallow left. Shortstop goes out to make the catch. Infield fly was called. He was about 10 yards or so from beyond the edge of the uh, grass on the dirt. Chorio danced a couple steps and took off for home, and he got in there with a head-first dive. Chorio has been awesome, as you know, the number one prospect in the Brewers organization. In my opinion, he is most certainly untouchable. When you look at his game log, and I, I tweeted this uh, yesterday as well, this goes back to June 23rd, including tonight. So this is his last 25 games over his last 119 plate appearances. And again, he's 19 years old when I read you these numbers, so keep that in perspective. His last 25 games in AA as a 19-year-old. He is hitting 364 with a 420 on base with a 636 slugging for a 1056 OPS. During this time, he has got five homers, 13 extra base hits total. He's also got nine stolen bases. Excuse me, 12 
Stolen bases. I got all those numbers wrong. I was just reading July. I'm going to start that over on the extra base hits. 15 extra base hits. Six homers, seven doubles, two triples. He's got 12 stolen bases in those 25 games. And an equal 10 walks and 10 strikeouts. A lot of questions asking, are we going to see him in Triple A? Is he going to go to Nashville this year? I don't think so. I'd be surprised. But I tell you what, one guy you might see from the Biloxi Shuckers this year, not in Nashville, but in the big leagues, is Tyler Black. Tyler Black is playing first base now all of a sudden, trying to add some positional versatility. He's mostly played third base in his career. This year, hitting 280, a 416 on base percentage. A 526 slug. He's a stolen base master. 47 stolen bases, only caught eight times. He's also got eight triples this season. Tyler Black, remember the name, 23 years old. In my opinion, and some folks think he is traded. I, I mean, he's in double A in his second full season as a prospect. And he had a lot of injuries last year, so a lot of folks don't know a ton about him. He's only 23 years old. I, in my opinion, the year he's putting together, he's pretty untouchable for me. Mizorowski, I think, is untouchable, too. I could, I could be persuaded on Mizorowski. And I think Heverson Caro is untouchable because you can never have enough catchers, let alone elite catchers. And he's injured right now, so you don't really have to worry about it. But Churio is my easy pick for who's hot right now. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council, coming up next. Highlights a little bit later with you until the bottom of the hour on WTMJ. Now, more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Brewers fall 11-5 to tonight. Manager Craig Council had some time with the media afterward. A lot of uh, tough swings against Julio Tehran. A six-run bottom of the first. It all escalated really quickly, as one Ron Burgundy once said. Here's what Craig Council had to say about tonight's loss. His last start against these guys was promising. What, what did you make of tonight as part of it, seeing them a uh... A second time in just a short period. Um, yeah, I mean, he just got hit hard, unfortunately. Um, you know, they they had a lot of loud contact and squared up a lot of baseballs, and um, you know, they were good tonight. It's been sort of the, the biggest trend over these last five starts, except for that last one, which was good um, from Julio. Aside from the loud contact, mm, not executing pitches. In other words, Craig, I think you know there was a stretcher. He was so effective. And yeah. There's kind of like a, a sharp line, starting with that Mets game. Where it's well, look, I mean, look, the other times, the other guy's trying to beat him. Um, you know, he pitched. He probably got away with some mistakes in some previous games. He's not getting away with any mistakes now. Um, he went up against a really good team tonight. Really good offense tonight. Um, and you know they got him. It seemed like he was trying to like kind of establish everything early too. I mean, how hard is that to do against their lineup? Yeah, I mean, you gotta. I mean, again, I mean, you, you leave. I mean, Julio has to be on the corners no matter what, um, and um, you know, he 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 doesn't have. Um, you know, he's not operating with velocity. He's not operating with um, a, a nasty, a, a big swing and miss pitch. Um, so he has to he has to execute a whole bunch of pitches and mix it up very very well, um, and you can mix it up well, well. But if they're in the middle of the plate, um, they're they're gonna you know that's that's trouble, um, and that's what happened tonight. 
the way that these last five have trended for him and Woody and Miley coming back is is the rotation spot in reevaluation here coming up? Um, well, we got the we got some time to figure that out, and we'll, we'll look at what's going on and keep and keep that all. And that's certainly, you know, we hope to get Woody back. That's gonna mean that's gonna cost somebody a spot. We're on the way to get Miley back. We. We don't have off days coming up. We have off days in the month of August, um, so all that's going to factor into some starting starting pitcher decisions. You know, I hope we get to that point. We're not there yet. Um, we've we've got to get to you know more healthy starting pitchers, and if we get to more healthy starting pitchers, then yeah, we're going to have to have a conversation about who's not going to start. Um, so that's, how about, yeah. How about Sal tonight out in right field? Yeah, I mean, we made we made several nice defensive plays. Joey made Joey made a great play. Sal made two great plays. Andrew made a really nice play. Um, so we, we played good defense. What do you thought about the elder on these two starts? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's it's sinker slider. Thought there was a little bit a liberal strike zone tonight for him, um, and he took advantage of it. About just getting five from Julio, considering how that first inning went. I mean, that length. Yeah, is I mean, important. Uh, you know, yeah, that always. I mean, everything is affects the next day, and so um, you know, obviously the first inning didn't didn't go well. Um, but he delivered, you know, four innings after that and gutted it out and, and threw strikes. You know, they didn't walk anybody, or maybe one walk, and so it was. That helps. There's no question about it. After a short start last night as well. Braves are notorious for scoring a lot of runs in that first inning. Do you think that puts more pressure on a pitcher going in there? Well, their offense is good, period. So their offense puts pressure on you every inning. Every darn inning, to say the least. They're that good. Braves are pretty darn good. Uh, take a quick breather. Play a couple of those defensive highlights that Craig was mentioning. Brewers fall 11-5. to More to come on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get and this time for tonight's highlights here's dominic catronio just gonna get out in front of this one the brewers were down nine to one at one point in this game 11 to one a little bit later on there aren't many highlights from this one in fact the braves scored six runs in the bottom of the first inning in fact it could have been more if it wasn't for a great play from sal freelich two two Fly ball, right field, Freelick on the run, going back, makes a jumping catch, and tumbles out of the warning track in the process. Tagging is Riley, he comes down the line to score, but what an amazing catch by Sal Freelick, his third highlight reel catch in just a week, and he had to cover some ground to get back there, and Rob Darno of what would have certainly been extra bases. Braves got to feel like deja vu watching Sal Freelich fly all over the right center field gap. But, again, a six-run bottom of the first inning pretty much put this one in hand early against Julio Tehran facing his former club. Not to be outdone, though, Joey Weimer wanted to join them on the defense party later on in the third. Comes a 2-1 pitch. Swing a line drive into center field. Weimer coming on hard. Weimer goes into a dive forward, and Joey makes the catch. Flying in, Joey Weimer takes another one away from Travis Darno. It was a great catch indeed. Josh Maurer on the call. And then just two batters later, or next batter I should say, Andrew Monasterio on the infield with a dive. 
season is. Ozuna lines one to third. Diving left Monasterio. What a catch by Andrew. Two out. Ozuna has one taken away. Another diving catch by the crew. Say they're number three in defensive runs saved in all of baseball. They got a flash lever every now and then. It wasn't just defense today, though, as well. How about a, a big swing from uh, William Contreras against his former club? And the 0-2 pitch, Contreras, a high fly ball, deep left field. Rosario back at the track. He leaps up, and it is gone. William Contreras with a three-run shot, his 11th of the season, and it's 11-5 in favor of the Braves. Contreras certainly does not want July to end, hitting 356 this month, his third homer. He's got eight doubles this month, too, for a 9.39 OPS. But the Brewers would fall on this one by a final of 11-5. They are now 57-48 and 48 on their record. They will await the results of the Dodgers and the Reds to see if they will remain in first place for the night. But standings only really matter on the last day of the season, but we all like to look at them to talk about them. Uh, the Braves improved to 66-36. and 36. They are still in well control of first place in the East. We'll wrap things up with some headlines and get you ready for tomorrow's series finale in Atlanta right here on WTMJ. Uh, some big headlines around baseball here this trade deadline season as you wrap up the program here tonight. That Again, the deadline is 5 o'clock Central Time on Tuesday night. And that's just when it has to hit the league office. League and announcements can still come after that 5 o'clock deadline, but that's just it. Boom. No chance to add anybody else after that. The Brewers added Santana. We talked about it with Craig. Are they going to add anyone else? The big question is what are the Mets going to do? And they took a step forward again after trading uh, Robertson, their closer, the other day to the Marlins. Max Scherzer wanted to have a meeting with Steve Cohen about the future of the org. And Max Scherzer has now been traded to the Texas Rangers for Ronald Acuna Jr.'s little brother, Luis Angel Acuna. He's a shortstop. Uh, he's in double-A. He's been having a really good season down there in Frisco. So he will head up to Binghamton now to join the Mets organization. But what's odd is because, of course, Scherzer is owed $43 million this year and next year. And the Rangers are going to pay for up to $22 million of it this season, even though they're past the halfway point. So they're adding some money for the Mets to pay for them. And part of the deal was Max Scherzer opting in to next season because he had a player option. Uh, he has opted in. It is locked in $43 million for next season for Max Scherzer with the Texas Rangers. So that is uh, quite an interesting move. It's another team for Max Scherzer. What a weird stretch for him as really the hottest commodity since his Nationals contract ran out. Remember when he was traded from the Nats to the Dodgers as a rental in 2021, then uh, signed as a free agent with Steve Cohen and the New York Mets ahead of last season. Uh, and now back again with the Mets and traded, you know, after 19 starts, a 401 ERA, 23 home runs. Uh, that is the most in the National League. Odd year for Max Scherzer, but he's now a Texas Ranger, and the Brewers will see him and the Rangers and the new Globe Life Field in about uh, two and a half weeks, three weeks' time. Uh, out in Arlington, Texas. So looking forward to hear about that after a tough series that they will have with the Dodgers. Uh, tomorrow we got some news, though, for starters. It'll still be Colin Ray for the Brewers, 
But the Braves will not go with Charlie Morton. They insisted on wanting to give him an extra day's rest, not have him start on four days, have him start on five days rest. And they're going to go with A.J. Smith Shaver, who has made four appearances previously with the Braves this year, last coming on June 23rd. So I would imagine a corresponding move is going to be coming, given he's currently in Gwinnett. Maybe it's Taylor Hearn, who had a tough, uh, tough, go ahead and say that again, Matt. Uh, our producer is in my ear here, real quick. But the uh, looking at Shaver's numbers in Gwinnett this year, his last start came uh, a week ago, last Friday against Norfolk. He went five innings without allowing a run, with uh, six strikeouts in there as well. So AJ Smith Shaver will get the start tomorrow. Don't worry. He's right-handed. Don't panic. He's only 20 years old, too. Uh, pretty wild out of Colleyville, Texas, just outside of Dallas. So he'll get the ball against Colin Ray. First pitch scheduled for 1235 Central. We will be on the air with 1155 with the On Deck Show, built by Menard. So look forward to hearing the finale tomorrow. Then the Brewers will head to Nat to uh, Washington to take on the Nationals Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then they're back home for a four-game set with the Pittsburgh Pirates Thursday through Sunday. Quick look at the scores as we get ready to say goodnight. The Dodgers are still hanging on to a 3-2 lead against the Reds. They're in the bottom of the eighth, now heading to the top of the ninth inning. Remember we mentioned it was the bases loaded. That was when Joe Kelly came into the game, and he came into a hero's welcome in his first appearance back with the Dodgers and escaped that bases loaded jam. So it'll be Evan Phillips going for a four-out save in the top of the ninth inning against the high-flying Cincinnati Reds. And looks like he will be facing, checking in the order here. He's going to start things off with not Votto. Votto was the last out, which means it'll be Encarnacion Strand, Senzel, and Maley, 7-8-9. So good spot, maybe. You'll hear about the result by the time you hear this podcast. My thanks to Matt Sossler, our producer, and to Craig Kishon for joining us as well. Back tomorrow at 11.55 a.m., Day Baseball in Atlanta to close Hank Aaron weekend. I'm Dom Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.